the breaking news today is the Ottawa Red Blacks announced they have fired general manager Marcel Desjardins, or as their news release says, relieved him of his duties. I've been to several league meetings with him. We always had visits. He was always very, I thought, up front and forthright, but he had to go. They're two and nine. They're two and nine. What did you see coming? They're by far the worst team in the CFL. By far. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Welcome, everybody, to the RP Show. It's a Tuesday. As my uh, French teacher, Mr. Struthers, used to say, all day. (laughs) What does that even mean? Him and my dad. What does that even mean? Is it Tuesday? Yeah, all day. Ah, ready to talk sports for the next two hours. We're going to tickle your funny bone a little bit. We almost came to blows in the bunker over today's poll question. I got to tell you that. Hey, but I think we've settled on a good one here today, and I'll yeah. get to that in a moment. Um, hey, Jenna Reagan's joining from Southern California. Sabres, Rod. Sabres. We were just talking about Jenna. We, and we said, she's going to be perking up to this poll question. Yes. So, uh, well, listen, here's what's happening on the show. The sports doctor, Dave Patricians, joining us from Winnipeg to talk all things Winnipeg sports. The uh, high-flying Blue Bombers and Jets, dare I say, as the Jets have now recorded points in three straight as they go into Anaheim tonight. And then an hour two, former Pittsburgh Penguin, Ryan Malone. And I just want to tell my brother who watches every day, but Lee, you're going to want to be really paying attention an hour or two of the show when Ryan Malone joins us, because not only is he going to talk about the NHL and the Penguins for which he played, but also the movement to bring back the hockey program at Robert Morris University, which uh, my brother's daughter committed to, and then they pulled the plug on the hockey program. So they're trying to bring it back. Which was a big topic of conversation at the U of S Huskies women's game on the weekend. Wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. Funny how things all tie together. So before we get into the quick six, here's the uh, fight that we had. I was like, poll question, maybe a good one would be, are you going to watch game one of the World Series tonight? Because I think I would be voting yes. You guys didn't want any part of that at all. You didn't want any part of that. And then there was the NFL question we've been holding on to since Friday when one of our viewers in London, Ontario, brought up the streaks of the Lions and the Cardinals, which one goes longer. And we're like, well, let's hang on to that one. And you said, we're NHL first. We got to go with a hockey question. So we came up with this. Who is the best team in the NHL right now? And I said, you know what? I got time for that. I got time for that. So we looked at the unbeaten teams, the Florida Panthers, who are off to their best start in franchise history, 6-0. Edmonton Oilers, how about that? The St. Louis Blues are unbeaten, and it's their best start ever. Where'd they come from? I know. And then we threw in the, let's go, Buffalo, just because of what they're doing. They are the talk of the NHL. There's no doubt. They are the story. Yeah. They're the story. Those are our four teams. Who is the best team in the NHL right now, and you got 24 hours to vote on it. I haven't tweeted it yet, but I will. Can we get to the uh, Quick Six show horn, please? Thanks, Director Jordan. Who really piped up in this morning's meeting, and I added some really good things, I might add. Yes. I went in there after, I'm like, good for that? you, Jordan. How about that? Way to go, Spicy. Jordan. Way to make your feelings known. Um, NHL last night. Let's go through it. 
Frederick Anderson made 24 saves against his former team, and the unbeaten Carolina Hurricanes matched the best five-game start in franchise history by defeating the struggling Toronto Maple Leafs 4-1. Jack Campbell stopped 31 shots for Toronto, who are 0-3-1 in their past four and have managed just one goal in three of those games. Hang on, we're coming back on that. Frank the Tank Vetrano. And Joe Thornton scored for the first time this season, and Florida stretched its season-opening win streak to six games in beating Arizona 5-2 at FLA Live Arena. Um, I don't know how you people watch more than one game at once. Good for you. I can't. I sat there, and I watched the Panthers and the Coyotes, and I thoroughly enjoyed all of it, save for the WHL podcast I was on out of Lethbridge in the middle of that. But the, but the Panthers... We're going to come back to a Stanley Cup final prediction here in a moment on the quick six. They look really hot. The Coyotes have matched the worst start in franchise history. And can I say to you, what did I say a couple years ago? It's coming. Who called this? This guy. Andrew Mangiapani scored twice in Calgary, beat New York 5-1 for the Flames' third straight win. Blake Coleman and Michael Backlund each had a goal and a helper. And Christopher Tanev also scored for Calgary. Johnny Hockey got his seventh assist of the season, and Jacob Markstrom stopped to 28 shots. I want to throw in that former Pat and Warrior Dryden Hunt scored for the Rangers. Uh, Gregory Hoffman scored his first NHL goal and added a helper, leading Columbus past Dallas 4-1 for their second win in three games. Victor Olofsson scored two goals, and Craig Anderson made 35 saves in Buffalo's 5-1 win over Tampa Bay. When are we going to start talking about the Lightning? We got it soon. And the fact that they're a hot mess right now, the Tampa Bay Lightning. And uh, Vladimir Tarasenko scored two goals, and Billy Husso recorded his second career shutout as the St. Louis Blues remain undefeated in five games with a 2 nothing win over the Los Angeles Kings. It's the best start in Blues franchise history. Uh, that's the NHL thing. We'll come back on that. Point two, Monday Night Football, the... New Orleans Saints have handed the Seattle Seahawks their third straight home loss in a 13-10 battle in the rain. I'm glad I didn't watch much of it, Moose. Uh, both teams managed only a touchdown in, uh, in a game where Seattle was still without quarterback Russell Wilson. New Orleans rookie kicker Brian Johnson booted two field goals to help notch the win for the Saints. Seahawks 2-5 and five, and at three games below 500, it's the worst record they've had in the Pete Carroll era. What did we say yesterday? All good things come to an end. That's I right. think we've reached that in Seattle. We've reached it in Seattle. Point three, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dabble on this. I uh, sashayed over to ESPN2 and watched the Manning broadcast where it's Peyton Manning and Eli Manning sitting in their living rooms bringing in various guests and they just talk during the game. I don't know why anybody would ever go back to the traditional broadcast of Monday Night Football after watching. It was very entertaining. And they had Tom Brady on there, Tom Edward Brady. Tom was very awkward. You said you missed that part of it, eh? I did. I, I kind of got some of the Coles notes of it, but I missed it. And I wish I would have seen it. Tom didn't know when to jump in and when not to jump in, but it's Tom Brady. He could have farted into the mic, and we would have thought it was great. Who cares? It's Tom Brady. Say whatever you want, Tom. But Peyton Manning is really all you need. I would sit and watch Peyton Manning talk during the whole game. He leads the whole thing. Eli just sits there and giggles uncomfortably. <laughs> I know. And, like, Tom lost the bet, so he was wearing the uh, Eli Ole Miss jersey. Right? right? Tom's a, or a Peyton's a Tennessee guy. And then uh, Tom, I think, was talking about playing the two e the Mannings. And he's like, I like my games against Peyton a lot more than I did against Eli. And Eli just played. He's like, I like my games against you, Tom. 
Yeah. He's obviously beat him in two Super Bowls. Because I've said I don't normally listen to the announcers anyways of football nor hockey. I'm not even listening. These guys just made me kind of sit up and listen. And I just love Peyton. He's hilarious. Yeah. So it got me thinking, you know, if the CFL and the TSN were to put their heads together and say, we should bring in some CFL greats and do the same thing for their broadcasts, which they probably won't because they'll go, it'll look like we're copying. Who cares? It's worthwhile. It's entertainment. Do it. Took him 10 years to put the shot clock on TSN and Sportsnet because Fox had it first. It was almost finally- out of spite they wouldn't do it. <laughs> What do you mean almost out of spite? This is exactly why they wouldn't do it. We can't have the Americans beat us at something in hockey broadcasting. We invented it, for God's sake. Finally, they added it. So the CFL and TSN will probably never do this, but I thought for a while, and I came up with the name Adriano Belli, and for our American viewers, he was a Canadian defensive tackle who worked in his dad's butcher shop in Toronto, and he would run around kissing people on the field. I'm not even joking a little bit. They used to call him a kissing bandit. That's Adriano right. Belli. That's right. Who wouldn't want to see what this guy's... I'd like to know what he's doing now, let alone do a Manning-style broadcast. And then our friend, Mr. Furious, David Benefield, the uh, San Francisco product who played for the BC Lions. He had a cup of coffee with the 49ers. Those are the two guys that I would like to see. And before we move on to more CFL talk, you had some thoughts on who you'd like to see. You yeah. know, Manning-style CFL broadcast. Yeah, and I, and I kind of came away with the, with the Flutie brothers as the closest for me. You know, Darren Flutie was on CBC as an analyst for a time when they carried CFL games in the 90s and into the early 2000s. Um, and I think they'd be entertaining, Doug and Darren. I think it'd be, I think it'd be a lot of fun telling stories about old gray cups in the snow and amazing. NFL and everything else while you're playing the games. I think that would be really cool down the stretch and into the playoffs. Uh, cool. John Schmeiser is watching in Kansas City. And he says uh, the Manning broadcast with Tom Brady was phenomenal. More of that, please. It was more entertaining than the game at times. Some of these CFL games this year could use some dressing up. Like the 32-3 spank job on Saturday, Hamilton, Ottawa, or the 45 to nothing spank job with Winnipeg, B.C. Uh, Tacona Powley in Winnipeg says, Sorry, Rod, Walby and Stiegel. There is a lot of votes for Walby on that. That guy is very entertaining. And again, for our American viewers, he's the six foot eight, 400-pound lineman, the nickname Bluto, who's just, an un- just a Winnipeg icon. Um, mm, 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 moving on, moving on. I see, I got, I see it going. We got that going, got the talk comments going on that, which is what we want to do. That's what we do here. Breaking news today was alerted to this first thing this morning. The Toronto Argonauts have traded quarterback Nick Fatty Arbuckle to the Edmonton Elks per sources. This story broken by three down nation.com. In exchange for Arbuckle, the Argos receive a third-round selection in the 2022 CFL draft, which could be upgraded to a second-round choice if the 28-year-old re-signs in the Alberta capital. First reply that I saw on Twitter to that was some fan going, why? And I'm like, couldn't have said it better myself. Why? You just shipped your franchise quarterback Edmonton out of there to Montreal, which really seems like there was more to that than meets the eye. And we thought you were going with Taylor Cornelius and Dakota Prukop. And then they turn around and acquire Nick Fatty Arbuckle from Toronto, who wasn't playing there 
because he lost the job to McLeod Bethel Tonk. Why? And then the other thing is I went to the Argos website and the Edmonton's website, and it wasn't on either website. So it was three down, broke the story, but nobody else has reported it. So where are you on that trade, uh, Moose? Before we get on to some more fun things here. Yeah, I mean, Nick Arbuckle is still a young quarterback, 28 years old. Yeah. So I look at this as being a move for the Elks saying, look, at, we need to find our guy. He's had some success in this league. He's familiar. He's young. You know, he's not playing well in Toronto, but we think he still has something there and we want him to be our next guy. It doesn't cost you much. I mean, a third-round pick, which ends up being a second-round pick if he sticks around in Edmonton, why not start to acquire some assets here and see if he can't be the next guy? If he's not, you're out of draft pick, a third-round pick. If he doesn't re-sign and come back, then he's, you're out of third-round draft pick and it's not a big deal. But if you think that Nick Arbuckle could be something in this league, then you're bringing in a guy who's young but, but old enough at 28 and he's ready to play and ready to start and ready to lead this team forward. you got to have that continuity. You can't go into camp. I don't want to go into camp not sure who's going to play a quarterback. You kind of want to have some stability there if you're trying to turn this program around. Yeah. Chris Bird's watching in King City, Ontario, and he says, uh, why Arbuckle? One word, salary. Yeah, that's fair. But these, you know, that's where sports loses me because – you know, I came up in an era you didn't really, where trades were literally trades. They were football trades. They were hockey trades. They were to make your team better. And I get that sports has changed and it's all about money now. I get that. But I don't apologize for the fact that it loses me. Tank Abbott's watching in the Energy City and he says, uh, the Elks wanted out of the contract. And that's Trevor Harris. And I'm like, yeah. Why do they sign him in the first place then? Northside YEG in Edmonton says, Cornelius isn't winning games. Why not? Very, very excited about this guy's signing. Who? What? Are you excited about who? Fatty Arbuckle coming to town? I'm so confused. Are you getting him for salary? Are you getting him to win games? I don't. You're getting him to be the next guy. To be the next guy. Yeah. And he's cheaper than Trevor Harris. So that, but you're paying him more than the guy you're starting. Got it. Today, yeah. State Fair Football. Point five. More fun stuff. And uh, by the way, the warm-up's brought to you by E-Call Electric. Our annual fall promotion sale is on now. With special pricing on hundreds of in-stock items, E-Call Electric, let's get to work. We're going to have to break here in a couple of moments, so I'm just going to drop this stink bomb, and then we'll walk away for the four-minute break and come back. The Athletic, I pay my $70 a year, which isn't a lot. It's a lot more than the Columbia Records Cassette of the Month Club, but (laughs) it's worth the $70 a year, obviously. And they came out with projections. I love the numbers, and I love... The data, the analytics, doesn't really mean a lot, but it gives shows like us a lot to talk about. And their projections right now to win the divisions are to win the Atlantic Division, the Florida Panthers. To win the Metropolitan Division, do you want to know? Do you want to take a stab? The Carolina Hurricanes. To win the Central Division, the Colorado Avalanche. And to win the Pacific Division, 
The Edmonton Oilers. Wow. Right. Now, I think Maggie the Monkey could have probably done these projections based on what the records are happening. But I'm just saying they're not what they were going into the season. Nobody necessarily predicted this. So when I was on that podcast last night in Lethbridge with John Easthope, I asked him the origin of the surname Easthope. He said, Northern Britain. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I have a bit of a fetish for those types of things, surnames and their origins. He said, who's your Stanley Cup final pick? And I said, well, I had the Vegas Golden Knights against the Florida Panthers, and I'm reserving the right come the new year to change that. For now, I'll stay with it because I'm not off the Vegas Golden Knights train, clearly fully on the Florida Panthers train. But those are the projections of the division winners. They didn't have a Stanley Cup final pick, but I'm just thinking, has yours changed? Hold that thought. I will. So the poll question is, who's the best team in the NHL right now? We haven't even got all the way through the quick six yet. So we'll be right back. The warm-up's brought to you by E. Cold Electric. We'll be right back on the Game Plus Television Network, YouTube, and Facebook Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. 